Welcome to Smart Bear Live with Jason Cohen. In today's show, Jason talks with Edwin Sibisma, founder of Meeting King. Unlike many past guests, Edwin has significant success with a previous software company, and his current company, Meeting King, has gotten past the first hump to where he has numerous users and a fair amount of paying customers. Edwin's current goal is to get Meeting King over the next hump to where it's growing at a faster rate. Edwin starts the conversation by describing his company. Meeting King, uh, our goal is to help the world get rid of bad meetings. Um, I got annoyed with bad meetings that I attended and also the meetings that I chaired. I was not very satisfied with the results. So um, I analyzed why is that? Why are the meetings so bad? And uh, if you look at the problems, it, it comes down to two issues. People are not prepared and there's no follow-up. And when you look at the tools that we use, I mean, we've made so many technological advances, uh, but really to manage a meeting, there, there's not a practical tool available. We use email, we use Word, we use task manager, we use a file sharing tool. And to combine all that information, it's just not practical. So in the end, uh, we do not make an agenda so nobody is prepared for the meeting. Uh, we do not keep track of the tasks that we agreed upon. So things don't get done. Uh, everybody just scribbles their own things on a piece of paper. And uh, three months later, we discuss the same issue again uh, <laughs> and, and won't ma don't make any progress. So that is a little bit the philosophy about uh, behind Meeting King. We started with the product... Um, about three years ago, development, uh, a year later, we released it. So let's say about a year and a half, the product has been out for real. And we did an interview before, uh, Patrick, with uh, together with Bob. A lot has happened since then. Um, we now have uh, somewhere between twenty and 25,000 people that uh, created an account, um, get a, a decent amount of traffic on the website, uh, people are willing to pull out their credit cards. And, so, how many uh, of those? How many of those twenty thousand people are paying customers? Um, well, I hope you don't mind if I don't go into details, but uh, hundreds of them. Okay. So, uh, co conversion rate percentage. Um, of course, it can always be higher, and and we're doing a lot of stuff to make that higher. Um, but it's it's not. Uh, it's in line with with other applications. Yeah, of course, one percent always... conversion. One percent conversion rate is pretty normal. So, yeah, what are the, I think I what, actually what I looking... think I'm a little bit above above that. So, what are your what are your um, what are your challenges uh, right now that you want to talk about? Okay, yes, the challenge that I have is the product does a lot of stuff. <laughs> it does meetings and it organizes information. What That's... should I focus on in my communication? What is a simple message? to convey either both or one of the things uh, that I can pull people in. Okay, and, and probably pull people in that convert, right? Like you just you don't need right. just more traffic. You want more people that are, that are going to buy, right? Correct. That, that's, so uh, of course, the who, ultimate goal. Who is buying it today? Is it smaller business? Is it big companies? Um, it obviously can't be a single person because that person probably doesn't have many meetings. Um, on the other hand, if it's a huge company, 
uh, well, maybe they do need this. Um, although it's hard to imagine them replacing a, a task tracker at a huge meeting with, with a small tool. So who is buying it today? Is, is that the kind of person you want to buy or who is it that you want to be the buyer? Okay, I have different types of customers. Uh, so on the one hand, and those are the people that are more interested in, in, in the specific meeting part, are churches, nonprofits, um, and, and, and small organizations. Uh, I have schools and there are businesses. Now, most of the businesses are uh, small to medium-sized businesses. I've had some very good conversations with a large insurance company. Um, what, what, do you mean by, what do you mean by a medium-sized business? How many employees would a medium-sized business have in your definition? Um, well, small to medium. So I, I have people that have teams of five, five, five people in their company, 20 people in their company, up to 200. Okay. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. Some people have different definitions of that. Yes. Um, so, for example, like in America, small businesses up to 150. Um, so, I mean, you know, they have like these definitions. So anyway, okay. So it sounds like it's um, almost completely small organizations, meaning under 1,000 people. Um, and you listed a lot of folks who traditionally um, have low budgets, nonprofits, schools, Correct. Uh, churches, and so on, which, yes. of course, is problematic in general, unless that's what you want. So it sounds like you're getting people who have uh, low money, um, not too many people involved in the whole organization, certainly not in the group, in the immediate group, and they just want to get a handle on things, which makes sense. Is that, the, is that sort of if – I, if I collect all that together and call that – all small business, which is a little unfair because, of course, they are different in how you'd get after them and so on. But for, the, for now, if I collect all that and say small business um, and organizations, is that what you want to target? Like, is that, does that make sense to you? And you're like, yes, I can get a million of those guys just like FreshBooks did and so forth. And like, I'm, I'm just going to do just like that um, and get a million of those people over the next, you know, um, you know five to 10 years. Um, or, or, is it, or do you not want those customers? Well, that that's actually why why we're having this discussion. So those those customers are fairly easy to sign up. Um, but if I look where most of the money comes from, and those are the larger licenses, five and ten users, that is the well, uh, according to your definition, then the small businesses, and and small businesses include actually uh, the Mexican Stock Exchange, Chamber of Commerce uh, in in uh, in Spain. Um, I have. A large company. Okay, in so the question is: Do you want those small? You want those five to ten license guys? Do you want to try to make a thousand license product? Do you want to go after the ones that are even smaller? What is it that you want to do for your business? It's, it's you said you got more money off of the things that are actually businesses, and the groups are at least five people. So, is right. that where you want to focus? I think that at the moment I should focus on those. So eventually. Uh, as it always goes, you have a lot of ideas on how you can grow the business. Eventually, I would like to go into bigger companies because I, I can come up with a lot of arguments why this could be a great tool for a big company. But big companies move slow. Um, it needs okay, to be so, more mature. So let's so, focus on the medium or the small-sized companies where my ideal customer and, and the people that pull out their credit cards is in general the CEO. Okay, so that's a very small company in which the CEO is pulling out a credit card for meeting software. Um, um, I mean, because even a company with a hundred people, the CEO is not the person pulling out the credit card for meeting software. They're 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 doing something else by that point. 
I, oh. I have all. <laughs> I, I tend to disagree. I have a couple of guys that that I interact with uh, very frequently. They are the CEO, and they give me a lot of feedback. They're 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 early adopters. They really like the tool, but they they are so happy that they finally have a tool to manage their business. And um, if I'm managing my whole business with this tool, I don't have a hundred employees. That's what I'm saying. Then, then I communicate that incorrectly. I do think that most of my customers are small, medium businesses. I have people from schools. I have people from churches, etc. But if I look at my signups, most com- most signups come from small businesses. Okay. And and, so, and just to 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 clarify that a little bit, so the small businesses is I have um, people that run software companies, people that uh, actually run a chain of uh, dog grooming salons, um, people that run uh, a, a bunch of franchises. Okay, I get it. Of, uh, and so, so and so part of the part of the dilemma is there's meetings and there's there's the meeting management at the meeting, there's preparation for the meeting, and there's the follow up for the meeting. Yes, and to me. Trying to replace someone's to-do software or their their actual organization software is um, that's a challenge. Like um, for most people, to-dos come from a lot of places. Meetings is definitely one of those places, mm-hmm. but like email is another primary way that that comes in. Yep. And for some people, they want to have one tool for home and work, and so you have you know sort of even more use cases, and there may even be things that are shared, things that are not shared. Like you just kind of get into all this stuff when you get into to-dos. Or, or project management in general, which are not really the same thing, right? But both things, project management and to-dos, are entire industries on their own and for good reason because yes. it's really complicated, lots of segmentation, lots of personal preference. And that's also true on the business level. Like Asana is a good example of something that's trying to be sort of project management, lightweight project management, definitely to-dos, definitely shared, definitely for small teams. And they're doing really well there. Mm-hmm. And they're also trying to replace email and kind of get in the way of email. Um, and so, like, like, you know, that's an example of a company trying to do that and be sort of unique in that way. And, of course, they don't particularly have meeting management uh, built into it. But w- what I find, and, and we use Asana, and, and I know other people use Asana, but and, and um, people generally do have Asana open during the meeting. And that is where the to-dos are placed so that there is follow-up because it goes right into the shared project slash to do system and right. that's how that um gets satisfied so so the part of the, as you get into to do's and follow up and management that side of what you're talking about as you get into that side my feeling is you know if i'm giving you a gut reaction right yeah, my sure. gut reaction on that is whoa that is a whole universe of stuff and it's going to be really hard to make something that is unique and awesome in the and asana is obviously one of a hundred companies doing things like this it's just yes. on the one hand it's massive I, I grant you that it's massive but on the other hand it's um uh, you know it's a whole universe and you'd need a, a, a like an interesting perspective on why you should go attack that market in the face of all that competition and noise and everything that's in the market now as you scoot over to the meeting may, may side I, of things, sorry, yeah. that becomes more interesting to me because for example um we had um the the, the top product person in asana at our at our office showing us around and talking to us about how we use it. And in particular, we talked about how we use it for meetings. And so they described like, well, we often use it like this. We'll have a, we'll put a meeting in Asana in the following way and we'll use tasks in the following way. And basically showed me how, um, 
you can use it that way, and it's useful that way to an extent, but it's really clear that it's not designed for that, and that it's sort of a hack or a bolt-on or a way to try to put it in when it's not really a part of the tool. And so if you have something that makes meetings truly good, and maybe some of that is scheduling, because scheduling is always a bear. Um, prep is definitely good, as you said, and maybe it integrates into some other tools, I'm not sure, for follow-up. But like the more you get into that meeting side of things, so, so that rather than sitting in front of Asana or a Google Doc that's shared or, like you said, just notebooks and pencils, that we have something that's actually making this meeting move quickly, we're hitting the agenda, we're not running over, we're, we're hurting people who come in late so that they stop coming in late, that's a big meeting problem, um, right, right? Like uh, what happens if someone can't make it? There's all these things that happen in a meeting that are, in fact, really annoying and no tool that I've seen – um, what, what I mean is like Asana and so on, addresses those things. Um, you know, Getting through the agenda is a really difficult thing and, and time boxing stuff and setting conversations aside to come back to. Like These are all really important things that happen in meetings that people are generally really bad at managing. And a tool like Asana certainly does not help you manage that. And so the more you move into addressing the problem of meetings specifically and not about managing to-dos, tasks, certainly not the whole business, but even minor things, the more interested I personally am in that you're carving out something interesting and novel. And so when we're thinking about marketing and positioning, to me, that side of it is the interesting side of it. Correct. I I, I fully agree. And the name Meeting King already says that my initial focus definitely was on meetings, right? Now, what I found is that especially the larger licenses, 10, 10 and 25 user licenses, in the beginning, I lost those customers after a couple of months. Their challenge was that they couldn't manage the tasks afterwards. I had all kinds of filtering uh, functionality in there, but it wasn't very practical. So with that feedback, we worked on the, on the, the new version. The new version has actually a very, very strong task manager. And I would like to make the argument that Meeting King has a better task manager to manage your tasks uh, related to a general manager than, than Asana. The reason is that, um, let's say, you have a general management meeting. So what what you can do is you add a, a group or a tag to the meeting, general management. And then you and the CFO and uh, the, the the marketing guy and… Hey, uh, wait a minute. Main, hold on. Wait, hold yes? on. Hold on. Yeah? This is too complicated because we're talking about marketing messaging, right? So give me in one sentence why your task management is better than Asana, or maybe two sentences, but you don't have all this time on your homepage to describe yeah, well, this. That's, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. my challenge. That's why we're having this conversation. Well, it's, it's not that's clearly not. better if you, can't, if you can't articulate it really briefly, then it's not clear why it's better. So like, for example, with Asana, just to give you an example, they would say what's better is they reduce emails. Because right. you, you, there's all kinds of emails of coordination that you don't have mm-hmm. to do when it's coordinated in the tool. Um, and on top of that, it's real time and all these other things. So that's a very simple way of, of saying it's task management, but it's, but it's getting rid of emails that, of course, no one wants emails. So in, what is your nutshell of uh, – because you know, the, the saying something like my task management is better than Asana or it's better than Remember the Milk or it's better than you – know, um, well, there are some a million others. Yeah. There's a million, but but people love them, and they have years of 
many, many man years of development and customer development in them. So to just say like, look, in the last three months we made one that's way better, that's fine. But then you must have a simple way to articulate why that is. It can't be some really complicated, detailed description okay. of why that is. Okay. Meeting King is like an accounting system for all your discussions and your tasks. In an, in, in an accounting system – Edwin, can, I, can, can yeah. I interject a second? Because um, sure. I, this is Patrick. I'm looking at the homepage and I, personally – Jason, correct me if, if you disagree, but I, I see this as a mistaking features and benefits. And even what you were just going into was a feature. I don't care about features per se. I care about I the benefit. I so I don't want to – the first headline you have is collaborate before, during, and after meetings. I don't want to collaborate before, during, and after meetings. I want a successful meeting. So yes. how can how can you translate the reason I have to collaborate before, during, and after meetings into the feeling I'm going to get of having a successful meeting? And same with yeah. all information in one tool in one place. I don't care about that except for the result it's going to get me. Yeah. No. I, and and uh, I completely agree. My 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 messaging at the moment is too much on features and not enough on the user point of view. What do I gain from it? That needs to be improved. And that's why I say, okay, I have these two main areas that the product does. And what I was just saying is with Meeting King, I can say, like in an accounting system, you can say, I want to know exactly the expenses Jason made for product ABC related to marketing in that period of time. And that is what you can do with Meeting King. If I run a chain of restaurants, I bundle all my information that I have from one discussion with the manager of Restaurant 25. But in that one discussion, I talk about HR, I talk about inventory management, I talk about local marketing campaigns. Then at the end of the week, I have during the week, I have 10 meetings with 10 different managers. At the end of the week, I sit down with the marketing, the VP of marketing at the corporate level. And what you can do with Meeting King is then filter out from all of these meetings everything that has to do with marketing activities and the same for HR, etc. So, so you have this, this, this cross filtering, uh, cross information is bundled in different groups. You have your general management meeting, and in your general management meeting, you talk about product development, about okay, marketing, okay, okay, about okay. finance. All right, but we can't. You can't talk for five minutes and then say, "Let's no, put that on the home." <laughs> I know that, that, that's all you. That's all you just challenge. described is that all you just described is that things are tagged, and I can I can look at things by tag instead of by the meeting. I, I yeah. get that, but that's kind of any to do where project management system has tags and can view it that but, way. It goes it goes a little bit beyond that because these tags are actually also you can define it as a project group and a department. So you have your marketing department and everything that's created in the for the market with the marketing tag will be visible to the marketing department. So it goes a little bit beyond okay. just simple tagging. Okay, but I mean you have you have people with this only got five people using it. So is that is that what they're doing? The five people are. Oh, sorry. Um, so the stuff? business model—that's not what you described. The business model is is uh, that the organizer has to pay. So companies that have a five user license means that they have five organizers, but they okay. probably have something like twenty or thirty people on it. Okay. 
So, and then, yeah, like I said, the the marketing guy can then filter out everything that's relevant to him. Um, The the filtering is, is very simple. And I even want to make the filtering because we have functionality for file sharing. If if you make an agenda, um, you can you can include attachments in the agenda. Um, so the file sharing, we can use the same filtering m- method. So organize your information. That is the USP. Okay, um, organizing information is not a is not a unique selling proposition. So, um, I mean. I'm I'm just I'm still having trouble because you're all over the place with stuff. I mean, now you're telling me you're into file sharing, and I'm I'm just like head I'm I'm like head smacking because it's like oh my god, now we're going to compete against Box too. I no, mean, no, actually, I would like to integrate with Box. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I would wanna. I don't think I would wanna uh, compete with Box or Dropbox. No, no, no. no. Um, so the, 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 I think I think you I think the problem with trying to find your your marketing message is that you yourself do not know what it is that you want your product to be and what your customers to think of it and what benefit they want from it. You, like, for example, you said you lost, you had some of these bigger accounts and you lost them because there wasn't sufficient task management. Right. So you said, well, I now can do much, much better task management. In that case, you're a task management system. You're a project management system. Mm-hmm. It is a multi-departmental project management system, which is really cool because it means everybody can do all their stuff and see exactly the slices of things they need and some things that they're controlling, some things that they're viewing and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. It's integrated through in-person stuff like meetings as well as electronic stuff, I imagine, because if this is just meetings, then obviously you're missing a ton of other stuff that's related to the project, like email. Um, so p- presumably it has to cross into, into all those things as well. So I guess to me... To me, again, my, my visceral react, reaction to all that is um, that's a rabbit you're just going to chase forever. Like, so you add, you add various, um, you know, you add all this stuff where files can be attached or, or referenced from Box, and that can be tagged. And so, again, everything you're describing to me is about project management, task management, um, and everything you described to me is is in that. And in fact, it's the whole point of the meeting. In, in the way that you've just articulated it, is in order to turn into like things that you could then pull up later or tr- or, or track whether they happen later, and also cross cut so that you could report, for example, to another department how the things relevant to them how, how that transpired. So yes. that's still like project management, where meetings is just one of the ways in which data comes into this thing. And so, I mean, that, that that's the sort of way in which I interpret what you're doing because although it's called Meeting King, you've not talked almost at all in this whole call about anything about meetings. It's all been about project management. And and when you lost customers due to not having project management, your response was to make project management. But to me, that's a never-ending well, thing. Like you'll you'll make a certain set of features, and then a certain set of customers will be satisfied with that amount of features. But there's always more because that because project management is this ridiculous, um, you know, you know, large thing to go down. Especially if you're just one or a few people doing the, you know, making the doing everything in the company. There's just too much to do when it comes to that kind of project management. I, I we're 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 on the same page. Um, when I said that we have improved or that I added functionality for task management, I am talking about the interface, the accessibility 
of functionality that that we had because tasks and meetings go together. If your meeting doesn't result in tasks, you might as well not have had a meeting. Um, well, that's not true. I mean, there's 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 uh, there's all kinds of meetings where there there, there isn't necessarily a takeaway well, for everyone. No, I mean, okay, there. Are, yes, I know there are informational meetings and <laughs> but, and well, on one on ones, for think, example, on, sometimes on one on ones there's specific tasks to go do, but sometimes yeah. there's a lot of status and a lot of like broad things the person's working on, which you wouldn't necessarily categorize as a task or as a project. Um, right, you but know, you there, I mean, there's lots make, of things. But but you cannot make a meeting tool that you use for all your meetings if you don't have task management. If if half of if Suppose that only half of your meetings would have uh, tasks in them. You, you cannot use two different tools. See, here's, so, here's where here's where I don't here's where I'm, I'm I'm disconnecting. I hate meetings, and I think we run meetings very poorly most of the time. Yes, and I think that's the fundamental um, observation that you had making this company. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I feel like there's a lot to do in solving that. And if you're going to insist that I use a, a certain task manager in order to solve it, I can't solve it from, for me. In other words, if I'm thinking of this just from a WP Engine perspective for a second as a potential customer, right? When you come up to me and say, meetings are awful, right? Because half of them don't even have an agenda. And the ones that do, you don't stick to it. And they go long. And, 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 the, things, and, the, and the takeaways people have to go do, who knows if they went and did it? And no one checks. And when you have weekly meetings, which many of my meetings are weekly, and you're talking about GMs, a lot of your meetings are periodic, like weekly. Yeah. Um, like daily stand-ups or weekly um, one-on-ones or other kinds of syncs. On those meetings, often you want to know, wait a minute, what happened in the last meeting? Did, did, did we do the things we said we were going to do from the last meeting? Like, right. like, there's a lot of callbacks to the last meeting in those yeah. kind of periodic meetings. So, but, so, so if may you I- start telling me about all these pain points, I think – Yes, yes, yes. This is such a pain point. I want to solve this so badly. You're right. You're right. Tell me more. I, I want to solve those things. And again, I'm talking about pain benefits now, like Patrick was saying. Like, I don't yeah. care about w- what the software looks like uh, yet. I just, yes, that's a problem. If that software solved those things, if it made my meetings run on time, if it made sure we got to the agenda, if it if it helped make sure people would come prepared, if it let me tie one to the means the next and asked did we do it, and those sorts of things, if it did that as benefits, forget about how, I don't care how, um, I'm really interested. But as soon as you say, yeah, but well, the tasks that you come from there, like you have to manage that in the tool. And, and, and so I have to now, now I have to wonder whether a task is in Asana or whether it's in this tool in order to do project management or task management, suddenly I'm disconnected and I say, look, I can't have two project management tools for everything. Like I've, it's got to work together somehow. So if you can solve the meeting part and have the meeting part be more or less wholly solved, I'm so in. But as soon as you say, like, I, well, I got to take over more parts of, of project management or else I can't really give you the benefit, then I'm out. And I, and I wonder – now I'm just one data point, of course. But, um, you know, again, if you only have – if you have a really tiny company, they probably can do all their task management in, inside you because they can probably use anything, right? Um, but at, at the you know as you want to go up upstream with the larger companies with more budgets, which I think is what you're saying you want to do, you know focusing on the thing that is unique about you, which is the meeting component, to me is the interesting is the interesting part, not the tasks. 
Yeah. No. So, uh, and 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 it was not my intention to go all the way on the tasks without uh, spending a lot of time on meetings because I think that that is where we really have something unique to offer. So, just to close off the the, the task part for at least for the time being is yes, I do would like to create an API integration. So if you use Asana, great. Your no, tasks. no, 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 Because there's too many project management things and you're only a one or a few people. You don't have, you can't integrate with everything. It's got to well, be something you, you, where... There, there are tools like Zapier or uh, If Then or something like that. So if, if I make an open API, then you can make a bridge for the tool no, I, that no, you but use. This is too complicated. I mean, I'm looking at your list of... I'm looking at your own homepage of who your customers are, businesses, schools, nonprofits, towns, churches, and clubs. Nobody can do an API, right? Like, no, no, no. Is, they can't. They much. can't. <laughs> well, no. maybe. And, so, and maybe, maybe I, so, I, I, one so of the things should, that, we should that, stop. We should stop going down this road because, I mean, I think the point's made and, and, and it's, it's yeah. fine. So the, so the thing is, what, what's on the homepage? So, so to me, to me, solving the problems of meetings is very interesting. And the more you can stick to that, and not get off into all this other stuff, the better. And so if I'm, if I'm then just going down your homepage and, again, just reacting to what's on it re, with regard to the question, what could the positioning be or what could, the, what could it tightly be? So, the, yeah. so I'm looking at it. The first thing I think is the design is very um, simple. It's very easy to read. And it also feels very small, like a small business and for a small business. And that's probably good. I mean, right now that's who you're selling to. And so it's nice to have a good, friendly thing and in fact saying look hey we're a small business but we're doing something really interesting i think is a good message and so to the extent that you want to you know keep at that particular demographic i think that's fine um it, you know it doesn't have to be a super glo- high gloss whatever especially with the types of people you listed who are buying it i think this is accessible um but looking at it so meeting king obviously would, 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 I, be a, would I be able to attract other people if the design would be different I, I, some people think the design matters a lot more than that. I think, I think this looks like, um, you know, no designer has no designer made this right. This is <laughs> thank clear. you. I did it myself. <laughs> right, and so which is again, which I think is a simple, honest, accessible thing. As a result, that that's the result of that. It's clean and easy to easy to access, and so I, I think you can't charge a lot with this design, but you're not trying to charge a lot. And you're trying to get small businesses who don't have a lot to pay anyone to, to, to give you anyhow. And so I think for now that's fine and that you don't need to spend a lot of effort on that. Um, so if I'm looking at, you know, Meeting King is obviously a brilliant name. I love it. Um, it's kind of already obvious what it does, which is great. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so, yes, you say that. Although a lot of people think, oh, yet another WebEx or go to meeting. And even if they then sure. read the stuff, they have this planted in their head that it is yet another WebEx. Okay, but- good. So, so, so this gets to the headline, which says more productive meetings in three steps. Now, the headline I don't like, and the reason is anything like productive or simple, saves time, all these things are very generic. They don't paint a picture in my mind how my life will be different. I haven't looked at the video yet, but anyway, I should be able to understand from the headline and have get some kind of emotional reaction to the headline. And actually, I don't want to take three steps. I would really rather not take th- steps. <laughs> That's actually work. So that doesn't sound okay. good yet, right? So to me, I like a really emotional thing. And also, you could use this emotional thing to, to show that you're not WebEx. 
or not a screen share. So for example, you know, we, we talked just now about all these different things about meetings that are horrible, right? Yep. Um, are you tired with people with, with meetings, um, running late, but not getting through the agenda or around, um, you know, you have a meeting and then everyone leaves and comes back in a week and forgot everything that happened. Nothing got done. Th- these are things that I think, you know, a lot of people would nod their head and go, yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> right. That's horrible. Yes. That's right, me. Right, right. Right. I wonder, and we're not going to wordsmith it on a call like this, but I wonder if something like that, where you evoke this thing in someone that goes, yeah, that sucks. Um, that would be a better, to me, a better grabber. Um, than something very generic and in in promising that there's steps coming my way that I have to do. Like, let's just evoke the pain, <laughs> right? And then I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that sucks. Wait, th- th- this does something for that? Um, and then you have your, you know, you have your thing, your meeting can use your assistant to help your company or school or club have more productive meetings. Now, you don't have a lot of space right here if we're keeping the design. So <clears throat> I get it. You probably want to show uh, people who are in schools and clubs that are not businesses um, hey, this is for you too. But you also just said on this call, eh, really business is where you make your money. So what I would suggest is that you could keep that list down below. But if you want businesses, then say business and don't list the other ones. Right. And, yeah. I mean, the challenge is it is such a horizontal product. No. Uh, How it, do you? No, it's very easy. You just don't do that. You say, okay, it is for this. You decide this is my target customer, which you, you started doing on this call, right? You said, look, uh, my best customer is you can't have one employee because then, then meetings are just too easy and you don't really have them formally. And you can't have 5,000 employees. You could. It's just that we're not targeting that. Like, See, the whole point of this is not to say you can't have these other customers but rather honing in on which customers mm-hmm. right now perfect. So, of course, if you have a big company, you can use it. Of course, if you're a club, you can use it. But we're just not going to name them as ideal, right? So you say, no, ideal is the whole company has between 20 and 500 employees, and the organizer generally works with between 5 and 15 people within the department and the same number of people outside the department because when they're in that state, they really have a lot of stuff to meet about and organize and repeat, and their life is just hell. Like, that's the perfect customer. You see what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you do that and you build this, like, really ridiculous customer for whom they have every single pain you can imagine, and uh, they really need the help. Um, and then have that person in mind as you write everything. So what would you write where that person would go, oh, my God, that's me. So you wouldn't say company, school, or club to hit that person, right? And maybe not even assistant. Maybe. That's an interesting word, assistant. Um, but, you know, you, you, but, but with that person in mind, like, helps you actually, uh, you know, track meeting to meeting or um, follow up from one meeting to a next or, you know, like, under managing tasks. It's not really managing tasks, is it? It's more like... Um, Holding people to account for meeting to meeting, or yeah. uh, that yeah, meetings I mean, are related I, to each I, other and thread together. Like I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, there's these kinds of words like that, which probably, like, like for example, if I'm just looking at these bullets here, tasks from previous meetings are automatically added to your new agenda. Yeah, I, I get that, but it's real. What I'm really trying to do, though, is not auto add tasks to agendas and meetings. What I'm really trying to do is follow up or double check or how did we do or really quickly like only five minutes can we just double check and can people come prepared so that we can we can double check whether we did what we said we were going to do but also we only take five or ten minutes to do it like this is obviously too much words but you see what i mean like that's the thing that i want to hear in in the text here is that is that you're going to give me that 
Um, and so saying literally tasks from previous meetings are added to this meeting, that's not really telling me that. That's not telling me that I'm going to get that. But, but yeah, listing not, not, these nothing. things I'm going to get, that sounds awesome. Right. Yeah. Nothing will fall through the cracks. I mean, no, nothing will drop off the radar. You could channel Kathy Sierra on this and say that the users, you become a meeting king, that you, you, know, you want your users to be badass, not you be badass. And all of these right. are about right. the product being badass. So if I were, mm-hmm. if I were yes. a, a, a badass meeting person or if I were a meeting king, then my agendas are stuck to. You know, my minutes get written after my meetings. My tasks get done afterward. So consider maybe wording it in, in terms of how the users' meetings are going to be after they start using Meeting King. My meetings, unlike you know the other bozos in my company who aren't using it yet, my meetings, the, the stuff gets followed up on. Yeah, my meetings are productive, on target, and things get done. Well, look, nobody sits around and goes, man, I wish my meetings were more productive. I mean, it's true, you do wish the meetings were more productive, but that's just not what someone says. Right? That's not the uh, I do get, I do get a lot of searches for that, by the way. <laughs> When someone when someone's looking around when they're talking internally and saying, "Hey, how can we make our meetings more productive?" They may say that, but I mean, really, again, like I think there's there's more evocative things. So, so for example, you know, again, like I think creating steps is is bad. Um, that's again getting into how it might work, but it's I don't want steps. I, <laughs> you know, at least not on the homepage, right? Like you can imagine a how it works thing, and then you you say, "Okay, here's how it works." You know, pre-meeting and stuff gets good because your agenda is set first and people are, are prompted to, to come to the meeting, uh, you know, having done certain things. And during the meeting, right, and, and so when you talk about how it works or a tour and that kind of stuff, then it makes sense to do that. But okay. right on the homepage, you know, um, I mean, there's different ways, of, of course, of, of, of doing this here. Another idea would be to say matching up the pain, the sort of pain solution matchup process can work. and. It, you you can get creative and not and not make it like really boring, but you can say things like, you know, um, tired of people coming to meetings unprepared question mark, and that's the title. Then the then the paragraph under there's like three or four sentences tops that just says, with meeting king, your agenda is set before the meeting starts and is sent to all the participants. Furthermore, each one knows that they're supposed to come. So now, when someone comes unprepared, they have no excuse, right? And then there's another one like. Um, you know, tired of of, of uh, meeting minutes disappearing into thin air, or you know, you know what I mean, or something like that, or mm-hmm. or um, tired of going into a meeting and, and and forgetting what we talked about last meeting, or you know, there's these there's these key pain points like that. You could literally have question and answer in a sense, and again, not features, or maybe maybe a couple features here and there. Like it even integrates with Outlook. Like features like that are good, you know, to make people feel like it's going to work with stuff that they have. You know, that's good. Um, like you have there with Google Calendar and Outlook Calendar for the agenda. Like that, that's the kind of thing to throw in that is good because you're just like reassuring them, this is going to be easy. It's going to work with the stuff you've got, right? Yeah. But that sort of thing I think would describe to someone, if they can't answer yes to those questions, well, they're not a customer. Right? I, like that. I like that a lot, yeah. And if mm-hmm. they do an- answer yes to the questions, well, well, there you go. Like the, they found you. Um, and then I'm not confused at all about the task management stuff. Because it's very clear that this is all about meetings and, and, and the accountability of what's going on in the meetings, which is different from project management when you use words like that. And I think those are good words. I mean, uh, you know, maybe that's not the perfect word, but to me, to an organizer saying, let's get some accountability here, sounds like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like lack of accountability is definitely a pain point for most meetings, I would say. 
Yeah. No, I I uh, I completely agree. Uh, also, the reason why my focus has been on the meetings, even though I have the functionality for the tasks and etc. And I have quite a few users that that use it actually exclusively as as their task manager, and some of them don't even use the meeting part. They only use the task management part. But well, so what? No, that's great. But the, the the challenge with task managers is that there are a gazillion out there. So how are you going to communicate it? How are you going to you position see, yourself? Look, and, see, you're you're doing kind of a classic thing. I I used to do this a, a lot as well, which is you've put all this time and effort into tasks, and so you want to talk about it. In other words, it's like you want to talk with equal weight about <laughs> things, depending on how much work it was to do it, uh-huh. or how unique it is. But neither of those things is actually necessarily right. Again, I hate to beat on Asana as an example. I just happen to know a lot about them, and they're being very, very successful. So, yeah. so just um, to, to de- beat the dead horse. So one interesting thing is what they want to do is replace email. But they're not going to say on the homepage, replace email with this, because everyone would run away. Go, what? I'm not going to replace the email. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So even though the whole entire goal of the company is not on the homepage, imagine that. And they and you can't believe the amount of like thought and features and and things they put into trying to make that true, trying to make that a reality. But they don't talk about it ever because that's not what anyone wants to hear. It should happen, like that will make them successful if it happens. Because internally they talk about it all the time. But that's different than what you say on the marketing page. The mm-hmm. marketing page has to be based on what that person is seeing what they're willing to accept at this moment, what's going to resonate with them, what's going to make them want to try it. Now, once they get in and see stuff and experience it and start exploring and seeing what, now that's totally different. But we're talking about homepage, we're talking about positioning, we're talking about marketing. That's a whole different thing. So even if 90% of your effort were in task management, I would still say, and and people discover that that's actually huge and start running their business that way or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Fine, but your hook is meetings. <laughs> That's what's interesting and unique about it. Yeah. Until such time, perhaps, as that other task stuff is so insanely amazing that, in fact, it can stand on its own. And then, hey, then you change. That's cool. But right now, um, I'm sure that there's really awesome things in the task management. But I'm equally sure you can't make a homepage that's so compelling on the task management front that it's going to defeat all of these really big names that have amazing stuff. Not yet. Not from a marketing perspective yet. So, again, none of this is me trying to say what you should do for product development, in fact, or what you should write in code, in fact. I'm not saying that at all. I'm strictly saying on the marketing side, it's this meeting pain solution to me that's unique and interesting, emotional. It's a pain. And so I think that's where your focus has to be on the homepage. Okay. Oh, well, that, that, I mean, I think that's a very clear, clear conclusion that you draw. And I can, I can find myself in that. Uh, that's... That is a challenge that I have been wrestling with. Okay, what am I going to communicate? How can I communicate it very quickly and, and easily and stand out? And, and standing out to a company that got $10 million in funding even before they started uh, Asana, uh, <laughs> it's going to be very hard if you bootstrap it uh, with your savings. Exactly. Um, well, that's that's but, exactly my point is that you're up against either startups with funding or – just entrenched names that have just been around a long time and have a ton right. of customers and, and, and brand value, right? Like if you're going up against that, you better have something really interesting and different and, and something or other or else, man, don't you – know, and you do. It's the meetings. 
And so, right. And so it's like, I'll stick on that meeting, you know, you know, follow your nose when it comes to the customers, but stick to the meetings on the, on the I market. Mean, side. I, that if, is what you have that they don't have. Yeah. If I get people saying, Hey, I rather cancel my meeting, than go without it, uh, into one without meeting King, uh, that that's, is, <laughs> yeah, that speaks for it. Yeah. I want to go to this homepage and think me, um, as the founder of WP Engine, I want to go in here and think, Oh my God, we need this and then sign up. And right now, I'm looking at it, writing agenda. I already write agendas. Minutes, mm-hmm. well, I just take the minutes either in Evernote or write in Asana and manage tasks while I put it in Asana. Like right now, it doesn't seem like I need it. But I Sorry. bet you we do. I bet you we do need it. I bet you we do. So, I, I, I agree. Right? But how can I convince you? <laughs> well, that, that, but that's what I mean. How can you convince me? So I describe some ways in which you could at least hook me and, and – so that I don't get bogged down into those things and think, well, I'll use a sonar for that. Right? You don't want me bogged down in that. You want me going, oh, my God, i got to try this thing. Um, and, and so that I can see that, in fact, I do, I do need and – I can, and I have a better mindset, a mental model for like this is what I'm supposed to be getting out of it. I'm supposed to be not only making an agenda but something that makes people prepare and come to the meeting prepared. And if they're not, in so, I can see that and give them that feedback right away and the tool helps me do that perhaps – so that we get better at meetings, like, like help me get better at meetings. Like that's like get all of us better at meetings. And, and one final thing I'll say on this, and maybe we can change topics. But one final thing I'll say is, you made a very important point, which is the organizer pays, not everyone else, yep. and it's the organizer who's getting the most benefit, and the other people hopefully get benefit eventually. Maybe they sign in at some point, and, and it's better if they use it. Blah blah blah. But the the key thing to get a new user is to get an organizer by himself to use it to see that it's great and then bring everyone in seems like the key moment right and so you could use that on the homepage too um so like here it says it's sort of helping your whole company have more productive meetings but maybe you should talk to that organizer personally instead your meetings are a mess people come to your meetings without preparing and you don't know how to give them the right feedback to fix that let me help your meetings run late why let us help um, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like talk yep, to yep. that organizer and get that guy to sign up, even though again, you're right. Like the whole company benefits and so on, but maybe if you can hook that organizer, um, that's another thing I would add to, to the sort of pros and, and your, your mindset as you do this homepage. Okay. That's, that's, that's very useful feedback. Um, so I think, uh, I have something else, uh, something to do in the next couple of days here. <laughs> yeah. So the, I think another thing you wanted to talk about was the whole like keep bootstrapping or, or raise money uh, question. Right. Um, so I, I really believe that I'm onto something here. Uh, I get I get a decent amount of traffic. You you uh, my uh, marketing site is hosted uh, at WP Engine. So um, oh no wonder you, you get so much traffic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hey, fast. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. No, I'm I'm a, I'm a very happy customer actually uh, because I have so I'm so successful. I I have to pay these overages fees. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I'm happy with that. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so I, I get I get a decent amount of traffic. I get a, quite a good conversion rate from people uh, visiting the site to creating wait, a trial. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's just go to the top. Why yeah. would you want to raise money? Most companies should not raise money. Um, most companies do not raise money. You're a bootstrapper. You have lots of experience. You clearly can 
you know, produce product and so on. Why do you want to raise money? Why is this even on the table? Uh, because I have so many ideas, <laughs> and I, I really believe that I can do on the sales part. I can do so much more right. if I have uh, additional people. And the thing is, I mean, I've been doing this alone, and uh, I think it was either in one of your blog posts or on one of your other interviews. Mm-hmm. Being alone is is getting hard at times. Um, okay, but not, hold on. Not, so these these are really these are really important things. So first of all. If you had more people, there's more things you could do. That's yes. true in engineering. It's true in sales. True in marketing. It's probably, I'm sure it's true across the board. That is always true for all startups until they get old, right? Like that, that is always, always true. So that by itself is not a reason to raise money. If you raise money, you'll have more people, but the stakes are also higher. The requirements are higher, and you still don't have enough people. So raising, so that's I get that, but raising money actually does not address that. Um, and then you said you want, don't want to be alone. Well, well, man, you can you could potentially find a co-founder. You could um, you know, with with you know, if you if with higher pricing and you know other things in that nature, maybe annual pricing and so on, you could probably get enough money together to start having another, an employee. If a co-founder doesn't sound good, I mean, um, raising money is um, completely changes what the company is, what the outcomes can be, um, mm-hmm. what your job is. I mean, lots of things change, and so. Um, Hiring more people and, and, and being around more people and getting more things done is not actually a, a, one of the reasons. So let me ask you this. What is it that you want as the end game of this company? Do you want to make a billion-dollar company? Do you want to make a company in which you personally take home millions of dollars, but it, it doesn't really matter whether you know what, what other form that might take as long as that's happening? Do you want to keep a tight um, sort of you know group of people where you know everyone's name forever and it's just a high-performing, awesome group of people? Um, or do you want to have a thousand employees someday? Like, what is what is your goal with the whole company? Again, regardless of how you get there, what yeah, do you no. want? What would be the best end state for you? Do you want to sell I, it someday? Uh, yes, uh, but that that that's not short term. Uh, in seven years, my daughter will go to college, and then uh, I would travel is my biggest hobby. So uh, okay. <laughs> it would be great if I can cash out successfully in seven years. But before that. I would like to build a profitable business, a business that exists, mm-hmm. can exist on its own. Okay. Um, Why? Well, because I, I think that's the very essence of, of a successful business, that, that you can make profit with it. So would um, you say that, that literally like building a profitable growing business is fulfilling um, because it's it's sort of doing – Something good in the world, what a business should be, and and all that sort of stuff for you. Well, it, it, I think it is the ultimate measure of your mm-hmm. offering value to to people mm-hmm. that they are willing to pay for it. And yes, I think I would get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Okay, and um, I am already getting that. That's true. Um, okay, and when and when you say uh, you know you'd like to exit someday in the next seven years, let's say between now and seven years from now. Um, what kind of money are we talking about that you want to have from that exit? Like, like um, if it's if it's half a million dollars, it's not enough, right? Like, no, no, it. no, no, no. That, um, that, 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 that I'm, I'm guessing. It, I'm guessing if it's five hundred million, it's enough. What's the minimum that you want to get out of it to, to where you're like, bang, you know, I got enough money on it, I never have to worry about money again, or whatever it is that your your goal is. Right. Well, I, I'm 47 now, and. Uh, uh, I've had I've had the fast cars and <laughs> okay. uh, 
their their money is so really how much five not... million ten million just give me a number what what kind of exit do you need to, to be successful well i always look more at value than at uh okay what 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 can i get for it is it does is it good i know how much money so, is it like 10 million 100 million what is it one million what, what, what no, would, one million. You, one million doesn't get you very okay, far. Okay, how about ten? Uh, I, I think I, ten, ten million. I think I, uh, I can, I can be very, very happy for the rest of my life. Okay, how about five? I have to think about it. I, I <laughs> look. This is that that that. This is kind of a, uh, okay, so a, a, a funny discussion because no, it no, might not. be that no, that it's not funny. It's it's exactly what we have to decide in order to know. No, um, no, you know, what no, are these tactics Jason, are the right Jason, thing? Jason, Jason, listen. If the ca- if the company is generating a lot of profit and there is a huge cash flow, then five million might be way too little. No, and that's I'm, not what I I'm decide- asking you. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking how much money do you have to have in the bank account and walk away from it to where you say, um, great. Of course, if the company's making five million a year in profit, you wouldn't sell for that. No kidding. Okay. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm trying to figure out what these en- what end states are good for you. And it sounds like an exit between five or ten mil would be a good minimum where you'd say, yeah, if there's something in that general zone, all else being equal, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and, that, and, that, and that's it. I don't have to make 100 mil to be happy. I'd be happy with 10. I'd probably be happy with five. I don't need a 200-foot yacht with a helicopter, no. Okay. So all the things you've said so far are telling me do not raise money. So you said I, I value making a profitable company that's important to me that it be profitable because that's the point and that's sort of the measure of success is that it's a self-sustaining, profitable, growing company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so raising mo- when you raise money, that isn't the goal. That is explicitly not the goal and that won't be the goal for those seven years that you're talking about um, wanting, to, wanting to run this for roughly. I know that's rough but still. Yeah. Um, it won't be the goal and that won't be the kind of company that you are building. And so that's interesting that that, that – the fact that that's kind of against your nature, which I totally understand, by the way, and, and agree with that nature, um, but that isn't what the goal will be. So that, that will be a dissonance for you. The second thing is this exit. Um, there is no venture capitalist who wants an exit in which you would only make five or ten mil. And the trouble with that is you would be happy with that exit. Again, like assuming that it's a fair exit, of course. But mm-hmm. assuming that it's a fair exit – a venture capitalist, and I'm saying that I'm, I'm explicitly not saying angel because we could talk about angel. They're, they're sort of special, so that might work out. But venture capital, if we're talking about institutional money, venture capital is not interested in any kind of outcome where that's all the money you'd make because it means they wouldn't have made much money and they're not interested in that. They're not signed up for that. And to be fair, when you take their money, you're not signed up for that either. You shouldn't be. Right? No, I, I do think and I, I realize that very much that if I were to take venture capital – that the whole game changes. And um, you know that I, I, I ran Winsip before. I first did it for the founder. After that, I did it for a private equity firm and then we became part of, uh, of uh, a larger corporation. The game changes very much. So if I were to raise capital, I understand that I have to run the business differently. Yeah, but the whole point and, is the, – the, the point is this. You're 47. You're not going to get a lot more cracks at a, a, a uh, you know building a big business that can exit for five or ten million dollars, right? Well, I hope I still have some years left, but no. <laughs> I know, but like you, you don't have five more cracks because building a business that 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 uh, that is that valuable just takes time. That's yeah, all, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. so, so you just. 
like anybody in their whole life doesn't have 10 cracks at it. Right. So, right. you know, like you only have so many cracks at, at, at it. And so, um, you know, the, the idea of, of being able to make money from now till some kind of exit, if any, and, and, and the options for what that exit can look like and at what size, if you're bootstrapped or angel, we'll get to that. Um, they're vast. There are many ways um, for that to succeed. And there are many ways for you to, you know, make money along the way and so on. With, um, with VC, that's simply not true. Um, and if the company absolutely skyrockets and does incredibly well, then typically you can take some money off the table in subsequent rounds and things like that, which may add up to, to what you're talking about, um, kind of money. And so that's okay. But that, that's a very, like, now we're into such a slim chance. I mean, usually, you know, the, the most likely outcome is that you wouldn't make money at all. And on the other hand, it doesn't take you much money to be literally never wanting for money again. And so, Again, it sounds to me if, uh, and again, like I don't know you personally, so this is all this is all just very superficial. But the things that you want, I only need a little bit of money to to, to never have to work again. I want a company that's profitable, um, and you strike me as someone who wants control over the company and and, and wouldn't particularly like to become a GM again. That <laughs> you'd rather stay a CEO this time um, is my impression, and. Um, you know these things are not commensurate with raising money, uh, from at least institutionally. So it feels to me like that's not there. Now, one other thing there is that also you don't have the data right now for that. And what I mean by that is, um, startups nowadays that raise money have absolutely ludicrous um, metrics, like things that just it's it's hard to imagine how they even got it um, in the consumer space. Um, you know, the, the saying is uh, a million active users is table stakes. Like you're not, you're not even going to talk about raising money if you don't have a million users. Um, right. now this is not a consumer company, but even, even in this, like, you know, you have, you have several hundred users, um, you know, they, they pay something like, I mean, I'm just looking at the pricing page. The middle one says 40 bucks a month. So let's just say they on average pay 40 bucks a month. I don't know what they pay. Um, you know, you know, these are all numbers that are really small that are not going to interest um, institutional VC. This is not a this is not an interesting growth rate. It's not an interesting amount of money. Not an interesting number of customers. Of course, you're going to change the homepage, but for for the if I'm going off of that just for what the company is today, and I see schools, nonprofits, etc., I'm instantly out because those markets are horrible for for venture capital for venture capital, right? And 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 you. You just don't have enough traction in the business side to, to, to demonstrate that that's there. So in other words, the bottom line is you're not prepared right now in terms of the market, the product, the metrics anyway for VC. And it doesn't sound like you'd be happy with VC. So my initial thing on, on, on the VC angle is not a fit for what you want and for, and for what it is. Um, now, okay. angels are – does that make sense? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, no, it, it makes sense. And that is also why I have been doing this all this time with being my own angel um, right. and, 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 and self-funding it. And, of course, I, I'm, very, I'm very fortunate that <laughs> I can afford that. What's that story? It's called bootstrapping, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've been very fortunate that I'm in that position. Yeah. Um, the, the, the only reason why I, I bring this up is that, gee – I really think I'm onto something. Uh, I think I might be able to speed things up, especially now. Uh, uh, everybody always talks about the book, the Lean Startup. I I, I really like the book, uh, Nail It, Then Scale It. Um, Why not get a partner? You're not ready to scale yet. You're not. You're not nearly in scale phase yet. Mm, well, 
well, I guess you don't want to tell me how many people sign up a month, or do you? I prefer not to. Uh, right. Well, at but, least I not mean, not not when we're while we're recording. <laughs> unless, you unless you unless you got all these hundreds of customers in one month, you're you're totally not ready to do anything with the word scale in it. That's not happening right now. You don't have a product market fit. You're not able to describe who the customer really is. You're not getting you know ten or twenty people a day um, um, paying you. Um, like it's just not it. You know you're you're just not having to deal. You're not having issues of scale to deal with and to go apply money to. That's just not what's happening right now. Um, so what you're, you're still trying to find, this is exactly what we are. This is why people buy. This is who we're selling to. We're starting to see that if we spend a dollar, we make four, like automatically. You're still seeking all of these engines of, okay. of the business, which is fine. That's just what phase you're in. Um, yeah. and, and, and therefore, um, not ready to do anything with the word scale in it. And, and again, um, you know, doesn't have the metrics that 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 VC wants, and in any way, again, like you don't need to. The angels are a different story because um, there's all kinds of angels, and and typically angels don't care about the nature of the exits. And uh, meaning, um, because an angel doesn't have a fund with all the fund dynamics, um, they don't they don't they're not subject to that same portfolio theory. Now, some people say that's why angels lose a bunch of money. <laughs> But that's their problem. The, the, fact is, the fact is that's how they act. The fact is um, typically angels are happy to just get their money back. Typically angels, you know, if that's the exit, they're, they're fine because, oh, good, I get to play with the money again. Like that's the attitude, right? Like, it's okay, like, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, typically angels um, um, are very, very happy if you have an exit that, that makes you independently wealthy. Um, and gets them even just a, a, a small return. Um, you, typically, they're thrilled because that's kind of what they're why they're doing it. Um, you know, look, there's a few professional angels, and again, you you won't be able to get any of those because you don't have metrics to back it up. So, um, you know, like for example, the um, some of the companies that I've done angel investing in, they literally have hundreds of thousands of of customers, right? Just going into angel rounds. They have, or, or sorry, of active users just going into angel rounds. Um, it, right, because they've already bootstrapped stuff. They've got some small seed stuff, um, and, and 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 like the the number of companies available that have those kind of metrics are are actually surprisingly large. Okay. And so, professional angels that have access to real deal flow, they they don't have to make bets on companies that that don't have a lot of traction yet. Now, every com- every company starts with not having much traction in before it gets it. Right, that's what they all look like. So it's like what the hell. Um, but they have the luxury, the ones that are sought after, the professional ones that are sought after, they have the luxury of saying, right, but I see a lot of deals and everyone wants me to be in their deal. And so I have the luxury of sitting back and saying, hey, I don't have to take that bet because I c- because the next company that comes along will be further along and I'll take that bet. And so the, the, you know, p- people who are great and have good deal flow have, that, have, that, um, have the ab- ability to not have to take that uh, as much risk. And that's unfortunate for folks who are still – you know, trying to prove it out and still trying to build it up. And so, so that leaves you with angels who are more like friends and family, um, or, or just not those professional ones. Again, the ones I'm talking about where, look, they're just, this is fun money. They want to see, they want to be a part of something. Maybe they're an angel list. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's some kind of local angel forum kind of thing. There's a lot of those. Um, often they're successful business people and they've got a bunch of money. So they just set aside a couple mil for this because it's fun. Um, and and again, like they don't have much expectation of return. Like everyone wants to make a return, of course. But like at the end of the day, 
they just want you to be successful and happy and maybe make a little return. And it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's fine. Um, now they they typically won't be terribly strategic to you in terms of like helping with recruiting or strategy or anything like that. So, sometimes or, they, or, they are. Or press coverage. Or press coverage. Right. Probably not. <laughs> um, but it's just money. So it just solves the thing you were saying where it's like, look, just give me some money and there's like four things I know I can go do that will help because um, you know, X, Y, and Z will uh will bring me, you know, I I you know, I know if I just do some more marketing, this will happen. I know if I get pressed, that will happen. I have evidence that if I make these features, I can go get these customers or whatever, right? You have a list of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if it's just getting money, as they say, dumb money, um, then angels could be a way to to do that. Um but and that's fine. But, but again, like there's there's also like all these downsides. There's all this paperwork you have to report to them. Some of them want to want, want to bother you all the time. It's hard to tell them to go away because because you have their money. So you know, even then, it's it's always better if you don't. <laughs> right. right. No. Better. No. It's like I said. That's why I have been doing it so far uh, on my own dime. Uh, there's there's a third alternative, and uh, that's a co-founder. Oh yeah, you you, I, bri- I you briefly managed managed sure. that, men- mentioned that already, mm-hmm. and I've I've had some exploratory talks with people, uh, but there's a huge challenge, of course, and and I think I'm probably not the only one who struggles with that. Gee, I've invested all this time, I've invested all this money. So, um, you get a co-founder on board. How do you split equity? How, how do you, you split you revenues? How do you, how how do no, you do it's that? It's not fifty fifty. You just work it out. Unless they're coming with a whole lot of stuff uh, behind them, and that that really is going to be worth a lot. But look, you just set up something where if it doesn't work out in the first year, then they don't get anything. And so you know, you know, you have a ripcord if you need one. Um, you know, you make sure all the prenup stuff is good. Make sure you have a lawyer for that and so on, so that you make sure you can you can undo it if you have to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, it, of course it's a risk. You know, what if the person's bad? What if they screw things up? What if they, what if like in some ways the worst thing they can do is to be mediocre because then you can't point to something they screwed up and say, this is why you have to leave. But on the other hand, they're not killing it and they're not really doing that. Like that's, in fact, that's kind of the worst outcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe like, it is, yes. But look, look, just because you're a co-founder doesn't mean it's 50-50. And, uh, you know, you may or may not call it a co-founder. You may call it a, um employee number one with a really low salary and really generous stock um, options. And, um, you know, as the company grows, the, you'll fix their salary. And maybe that's one way to go, right? It doesn't have to be that. But a co-founder – so Reed Hoffman has some interesting stuff about co-founders. He, um, okay. he says, you know, there, there's a lot of kinds of co-founders. There can be a co-founder that shows up four years later. Because co-founder, in his kind of thought process around it, and I like the way he thinks about it, is it's someone who acts like a co-founder. It's someone who works, who works the sixteen hours a day, seven days a week, like you do, for real, and absolutely is poured in all the way, and is making that kind of impact that you can feel and see, and undeniable, and it's forever, and their identity is locked up in it. You know, these are the kinds of things that sort of. You could call it an honorary co-founder or something, but um, these are the qualities that are important. Um, and of course, it's not fifty-fifty stock or any of that kind of stuff. Of course, there's a prenup, and of course, you control the company and you decide. And you should be able to decide that person can't be here anymore. Um, of course, that's not the attitude you have going into it, right? But like, 
And no, legally, that needs to be the case, right? right? So that you have that. Yeah. So yeah, of course, it doesn't mean fifty-fifty. Um, so I, I think I think that's a great idea. I think um, um, I think it's interesting to think about what would that person be exactly? What is it the, the hole that you need? Is it more the marketing sales side? Is it more the engineering side? Like to free you up to do those things? Um, and then what? You know, maybe an interesting way to attack that is to ask what would that what would the perfect person there look like? So, for example, if you say, "Look, marketing, sales, marketing, sales," the product basically works. We just need more people to find out about it. If more people find out about it and understand it, they buy it. That's what's happening. I just need that to happen. So, you know, can you find someone where they have a rolodex of some people they could call to get going on some of the bigger things? Could you find a person that has um, some? really good marketing experience in an adjacent market like it's not meetings but it maybe it is to do's like could you could you pull like asana's too new but like is there a marketing guru at um oh what's some of those um to do software like remember the milk is there a marketing person at remember the milk you could hire mm-hmm. right and say look instead yeah. of just flogging this what you did is great everyone knows who you are but instead of flogging this thing that's never going to add a feature ever again how about become a co-founder this time and really make a difference? You know what I mean? Like that kind of mm-hmm. a of an offer, right? So, you know, again, what would that person look like? What what will they have done? What what might their title be today that you could search in LinkedIn on or that you could, you know, pummel your network about, around? Um and it, it it all depends on what you need them for, right? For all I know, it should be a, an ace developer so that you could do those things. I don't know, but like it's it's useful to think about what I mean what what would that person bring to the table other than working really hard <laughs> that would give you an edge or at least maybe a shortcut, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe cut, no, a, just, cut some just, effort just, out of here. Yeah. Just boost it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the, peop- the people that I'm talking to would actually fit what I'm <laughs> the, the skills that would be very welcome to, uh, yeah, to, to increase visibility and just just uh, give it a boost um it was a couple of years ago that i should needed a, a technical co-founder because i'm not a programmer myself but uh-huh. i have now a very good uh technical team that i'm really happy with nice. so i'm also i'm all set with that um uh-huh. so yeah that's good stuff to think about okay um and then the, the final thing is just getting the revenue up Yes, <laughs> um, like all, a lot of things are solved with revenue. So, you know, is there is there a repeatable advertising channel that's going to get you people? Can you can you try an annual plan and see if people will do it? And if they don't want to do it right off the bat because you know maybe they can't commit that much off the bat, is it something you could go back after a month or two and offer to people? Those, that's the kind of thing that generates a huge amount of cash flow, um, you know, immediately, which is exactly what you need to plow back in to do these kinds of things. And, and some of that may be exactly to hire this other person to do whatever, um, like acquisition, um, you know, and fuel the growth that way. Um, or it could just be as simple as, look, there, there's some ad, some paid ads that actually work and maybe you already know some, some of those. And it's just, look, if you could just apply two grand a month instead of 500 bucks a month, that would already make a difference. And a few people switching to annual would actually just hand you the money. You know, it could, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's, there's simple things like that. When the company's small like this, small changes in cash flow like that could actually make a big difference in your ability to apply that um, 
to growth and and you know you're not you're not going to 10x your growth in one month obviously so if you can just get a boost and just make next month you know twice as big of growth as it would have been and then do that again and do that again that's actually pretty meaningful pretty quickly um and you only have to move money around a little bit in order to in order to try to make those effects yeah yeah okay um the, the final thing is i just think the prices feel really small really low i don't know if that's um Due yeah. to you know people having credit cards under limits, they have to reach at bigger bu- businesses, and the fact that it does say club schools, etc., that of course have no money at all. But that's something I would definitely consider changing. It will change the demographic of who tries it, who can buy it. But um, that uh, th- your ARPU is so low that there's very little you're going to be able to do to acquire customers profitably. Correct. I I, I am actually planning on. Um, <clears throat> On experimenting with pricing, uh, I mean, both you and Patrick uh, Patrick McKenzie. Uh, there's a lot of interesting information and discussions out there on uh, the value and the pricing of uh, software as a service. So it's definitely worth to do uh, experimenting with that. And hey, see, charge more. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's 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 what no, it comes down to. No, seriously, like like forget all those metrics and, and ratios and crap. Like you just have to charge more. Your ARPU's too low. What, what, so what, what do you think about my business model where the organizer need to have a paid account and participants can they can com- can provide comments, they can contribute to the agenda, they can uh, update tasks, uh, they can do so with a free account. Do you think that's oh. a good business model, or do you say yeah. no? Yeah, I, I like it because only one person has to be convinced to get going. And I don't like companies where you have to get a whole bunch of seats just to start, right? It's, okay. that's, a, yeah. that's a barrier. You know, you just want one person to have to ma- be able to make the choice and, and to cause it to happen. Now, of course, you want people to log in so that you can know about them and then do stuff like emailing them and say, hey, you were a participant in that meeting. Did you know you can use this to run your own meetings, right? And like try to get them to, in fact, become an organizer, right? Under the auspices of that same company. So like, I love the idea of just get in with the minimum barrier, but then also try to use that to grow the tool. Um, but all that means is you just need to charge more uh, per organizer. I mean, again, like this pro individual, ten bucks a month. I mean, I, I don't. I, I see that there's the check marks and all this kind of stuff around what you can do. But the point is, like, I don't care what you can do. It's just so little money that you just never, ever can make money at ten, at ten bucks a month, and you certainly can't afford to pay for user acquisition at ten bucks a month. Um, and so, you know, to me, like, everything here needs to get a lot more. Um, and the and you'll have to do better at at explaining the um, the ROI. The, the no, not the ROI. The the value. Well, R- ROI. No, it's not because ROI is is when you say things like if you only save ten minutes per meeting times this many meetings, uh, you you'll save this much money in time and the tool costs this. Therefore, it's profitable. That's an ROI argument, and nobody thinks that way. Nobody, nobody actually does this calculation. Believes it or believes this is no one's budget works that way. No one gets to pay for meeting stuff out of their budget because they save time, and that comes out of some time budget. That isn't how company budgets work. That well, isn't how uh, people think. Well, yeah, one of the challenges is that 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 meeting cost is not a separate line item on the no. P&L statement, so right. nobody attacks it. That's correct. <laughs> but your your tool is in line item somewhere on a credit card bill, 
but in no place do you see on the P&L you saving money somehow. We know, you and I know, it, of course it delivers all this extra value above those dollars. We know that, but like the P&L doesn't know that, right? That's not going to show up. And that's why the ROI argument is not useful. So r- rather, the, per- the, you, the person simply needs to believe it. In other words, the person, like, like you have these testimonials on the front page that are, that are really great, right? Like, um, um, you know, I swear by it, I would rather cancel me than go to it. Okay. So a person that says, I would, I, you know, I will, I refuse to do a meeting without it. A person who says that it's worth 10 bucks a month. That's it. Yeah, like probably more. The, the feeling that they get by saying that, whatever that feeling is, whatever that reason is, they, they think that not because of an ROI or calculation, but because of something else like the alleviation of the pain of meeting note management or of not tracking what people did last time or agenda writing or whatever, whatever the thing was, it's worth more than 10 bucks a month. That person, I know it just from what they said, right? So is it worth a hundred bucks a month? I don't, I don't know, but not 10, right? And so, um, definitely I, I would, you know, you have a lot of tiers. I don't know. You only have a couple hundred or a number of hundreds of customers. So I can't imagine that, um, you know, you necessarily need all five tiers um, on the on the large end. You might say call us, so you can actually talk to someone and negotiate something much bigger. Um, Twenty five organizers is actually a, kind of a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I think I, I actually have have a few of those. I right. Mean, one, so, so, one one is a very large school system. Right. In that's California. my point. So so how come it's only hundred twenty four dollars a month? Right. Like that's a um, lot of organizers for a hundred a little over a hundred bucks. That doesn't make sense to me. Like that that should be much higher or probably have been negotiated separately so that you could, you know, kind of ask how much you got, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, that's just a long way of saying um, raise prices. The value has to be higher than this um, for you to make, you know, you know, in order, if people are really getting value out of it, then they're getting more value than this anyway. That's the truth. And if their budget doesn't allow them to pay more than, than 10 bucks a month, um, you can't have them as customers anyway. You can't afford it. Okay. You can't afford it. If you could have uh, a thousand people immediately today, they all gave you ten dollars uh, a month. Um, you still couldn't afford that. Like it sounds like, oh, that'd be great. Until you do tech support for a thousand people, and then how did you acquire them? With what um, you know, with what spend did you acquire them? And when do you get that back? Like it actually doesn't work. And you're bootstrapping, which means you have to have profit to pay yourself, and then you have to have profit to, to use the business. You know, to put put back into the business, you have to have extra money to do these things. And at ten bucks a month, you will not have extra money to do things. And so, um, to me, you just have to raise these prices, and then just the people have to believe that it's worth that. And things like the homepage change that we made is is part of what will do that. Yeah. It's it's that feeling of like, yeah, this is what I'm getting, and this is why when the you know when the bookkeeper, the in, inside accountant, comes over and says. Hey, what's this seventy nine dollar month charge again? And they're like, oh man, I use I use that like ten times a week for all my meetings. You, we have to have that. And they'll go, oh okay, whatever. Like, right? They ha- that's what you need. That little moment is what you need. Um, and since they're they're spending the company's money, the only question is budget and their willingness to tell the internal accountant about it. And uh, in that case, anything under a hundred bucks is probably something they can do if they're getting value out of it. Um, and you know, again, maybe seventy nine is too much for the low plan. I get that, but if a low plan was more like the forty bucks that your small is, and maybe the next one is ninety nine, right? And like maybe we 
that pro large is more like 500. Like let's get this stuff up there so that you can get some extra cash. And then finally on that, consider after you do that and, and after you sort of settle on what your new prices are that are working, consider going back to your existing customer base and asking them to pay more. And that's a whole other discussion, really. But um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> well, I mean, if, people, if you people that have cl- supported me from the beginning, I think. Uh, but well, that, it depends. Yeah. It depends on it depends on who you ask, and maybe some people you don't ask because it's it's not appropriate or you don't want to. But there are people where if you described it like a human being, would be happy, happy to pay more. There are people where you'd say, "Look, obviously, like this is a small small business I'm trying to run here." And I'm trying to make this product better for you and have good support. Yeah, I mean, we and continue to invest in, in what, development. No, no, well, yeah, but that's for you. But you could say, look, what I've realized is at the prices that I have now, I can't afford to do it. They're too low. And, you know, you at, at the big company paying, you know, 40 bucks a month for five organizers, you probably know that 40 bucks a month is not really enough to sustain me as a business. This is, some of the, this is one of the things that I've figured out. So I've got new pricing. And this, I do believe, will be enough for me to, um, you know, I'm going to hire another engineer. I'm going to, you know, hire a tech support person to make sure, that, you know, if you have any questions, you get them answered. Um, you know, I've got a list of stuff that you and customers have asked for that I'm going to do. In other words, like, you could really make the case, and I think a lot, of, a lot more people than you'd think, um, if you make a personal plea, it's not about the company, mm-hmm. but you and building your yeah. company, yeah. Um, actually react quite well to that. Um, and even if a few people cancel... If a lot of people do it, you make a lot more money anyway. Um, and again, you you want customers who are in this with you, who do understand that. Like this is good customers. These are happy customers and happy for you. This is a good relationship. And someone who says, no, it has to be 10 bucks a month. I'm out of here. Well, again, like that's not really a great customer relationship anyway. It's not clear they were getting a lot of value anyway. They certainly don't appreciate what it's like for you as a small business owner anyway. So they may be let down by other things like you not having 24-7 support one time that they needed it. They'll probably be disappointed then too, right? So right. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. And again, you, you'll hold out people you know. Like there's people you know you're not going to ask them or something. Like fine, right? But, but a, lot of, a lot of those hundreds of people might be more willing than you think. And that kind of a cash boost immediately, pretty darn significant right there, right? So again, like it's such a big change to the company for you to do it. Um, because it all goes to the bottom line, obviously, um, you really should consider doing it. And, and you know, one, one last thing on that, one last little trick. You can make this impassioned plea and then say this. Now, I appreciate that you've been with me since the beginning. And I wouldn't want someone raising prices on me, um, even if it was kind of needed for the company. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to offer you right now, you can stay at your current rate forever. And I'm not going to bother you about it. And it's perfectly fine. Or you can join me at the new prices and join me in making this company successful. And either way is perfectly fine. And leave it at that and see what people do. And that way, if people really, really don't, if they write back and say, look, dude, I love you, but I really don't have the money, you can say, okay, that's cool. I, I understand that. And everything's still fine. Right? Okay. And, and, but the customer also knows that they're sort of paying under, and that might be good for support later on, right? So, like, that's okay. But then the people are like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm with you. Like, let's do it. Um, those people are now opting in. And so, again, I, so that's just a very long way of saying, I think there's ways of doing that that's very friendly, very human, not, you know, perfectly fine, not, you know, perfectly ethical. 
um, and could you know change your cash flow by thousands of dollars a month. Okay, definitely something worth to uh, <laughs> to try. Um, I like I said, I am planning on on experimenting with my pricing, so uh, <laughs> and that could be then the second step. Yeah, experiment first, and then when you've locked it in, you go you go back to your audience. The only other thing is, um, if you're experimenting on the web, um, you may need to tell your customer base, or at least be aware, because if some of them go to back to the site and see different pricing, they might be surprised and then worried. Wait, does this affect me and so on? So you know, maybe say nothing, uh, maybe tell them something, but just be aware of that uh, potential problem. Well, a possible solution would be uh, that that. Um I announced it a month before uh, that now the price is uh, nine ninety five, and next month it will be nineteen ninety five or so. No, that's not enough. That's not enough. No, <laughs> <laughs> got to charge more. Not, not nineteen ninety five. Uh, yeah, more. I don't. I don't, I don't know. It's it, it's interesting because I had uh, I had a discussion about pricing with uh, with a a very successful uh, friend of mine in, in in the software business, and he says, "Oh, you're way too expensive." Uh. <laughs> That's fine. Not everyone could be Nico Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mentioning names. Uh, <laughs> But uh, this this is not that kind of product that you sell. They literally sell a million of. Um, right, it is not, and, yeah. and 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 I do think that in a lot of cases it does offer a lot of value, uh, both monetary by saving time, but also uh, the fact that you just get things done, and that is even much more important. And uh, you start with the completed tasks from the previous meeting, so you start off, off on a good note. Hey, look what we accomplished. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that. I think that is important. You, you have a positive setting when you start. Sure. Yeah, that that is the right argument, not the ROI argument. So, I mean, look, if you want to lower prices, do it, but I don't think you're going to have, you know, I think if you dropped all your prices by half, you would not um you would not multiply your your um actual paid users um by say 4x that would no. overall make you 2x more money i don't think that would happen but i do know you'd have 2x more tech support um and uh, you would not extract much money out of big customers um whereas if you go the other direction you're likely to have much more profit per per customer and still have pretty much the same number of customers. That's generally what people find, by the way, when they raise prices um, dramatically, is that the sign-up rate doesn't change at all, is, right. is, the most com- is the most common result. And I say most common because I've talked to a lot of startups about this. I could start listing them. I probably shouldn't um, just for their <laughs> own sake. But I mean, I mean time after time, and, and by and raising prices by things like 10x. So that doesn't mean you should necessarily raise it by 10x. I'm just saying... Typically, you raise prices when they're this low. I would say, like the nine ninety five is really too low. Maybe thirty nine is better place to start. Um, maybe twenty nine if you really don't don't have the the stomach for it. Um, and then get up to ninety nine quick, and or you know one twenty nine. Get up above there really fast, and then have that high um, upper tier. Um, and 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 you know, typically you see like no change in sign up rate. <laughs> Now, one 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 more crazy idea that that I have. Um, I think GitHub had it. Maybe they still have it. So I've had these long conversations with the insurance company. In the end, they decided uh, that uh, well, it was 
too immature or I'm too small of a company, so they mm-hmm. didn't want to want to move forward. Right. Um, but but so big companies are interested in it. Um, what if I offer a inside firewall solution that they can install on a local no, server? No, I would not do that. No, I, I don't think you have evidence they want it. You don't have you know twenty companies who are using it and saying this is great, but I really need it inside the firewall. Um, giving you thousands and thousands of dollars a month, you don't have that proof. Just because people contact you no. doesn't mean that that's interesting. No, but I mean, if you just put it up on the pricing page, hey, we have this inside firewall solution. It's twenty five thousand dollars per year plus X per user. I mean, I, if I were you, I wouldn't want to sell those. Have, have you done that before, where you've you've supported, you know, hosted things behind the firewall? No, but I've had I've had lengthy discussions with uh, with the uh, the main developer about that, and uh, right. But it's, it's hell to do that. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, if I were you at that price, I wouldn't do it. You get into this whole version thing that is right. Uh, is right. Hell. No, I I I'm aware of the of the challenges, but uh, if, if if the money is good enough, then <laughs> well, that money is not good enough. That's pretty shitty money for that. Mm. All right. You said twenty five a, a year, not a month, right? Yeah, twenty five yeah, k a year plus plus plus. Let's yeah. say fifty fifty bucks or a hundred bucks per user, or not, fifty bucks per user or so. See, I mean, again, I wouldn't. I, I, it wouldn't be worth the time to me um, to try to, to to accept that incredible additional complexity of now you don't have just your one servers that you um, control, maintain that you have data from. That you can do whatever you want to with any time, and now all of a sudden you have a proliferation of other things that are behind firewalls that you don't control when and if they upgrade. Um, you don't really know what's going on there. You have to manage these images and deal with whatever that is. And there's going to be authentication systems because you can have to integrate with LDAP or Active Directory because it's another thing those kind of companies want. Like it's just this whole like ream of stuff that just starts coming in. And I don't know why you'd want to do that rather than focus on the company that's working. Okay. It also changes the tone of where you have it now. You have users who are excited to use the product and you can grow out a tribe inside an organization. If you're selling all at once, then it's going to be used by fiat. Then people say, well, we have the system. You're required to use it. It changes the whole tone of the way you communicate your entire product to users. Okay. I think. Yeah, I mean the bottom-up approach is, of course, really nice if you get a couple of strong evangelists or it's certainly different i i tend to prefer the the more evangelist approach as well but at a minimum they're very very different yeah look the bottom line is you the last thing you need is to add complexity to anything you're doing because there's only you and a small team of developers and hopefully one or two other people soon but that's all like anything that adds complexity and and complication or multiple things or anything and cost um Man, well, I would just run away from that. Yeah, run away. That, that has always also been one of the things at at, at Winzip. Uh, we we kept it simple, the business yes. model. Um, and you had one, but, <laughs> but fortunately, there we were in a position that we could occasionally say, "No, sorry, we don't do that." <laughs> Look, I mean, every hour that the, that the team spends trying to do this thing that that's going to be a constant nightmare to do. Um, every hour you're spending there could have been spent on 
something that makes it more viral in the first place. It could have been spent on a feature that makes somebody want to buy it. Um, it you know, every every second you spend dealing with selling that, you could have been getting PR that that gets a hundred signups that that are cheap to support and deal with. You know, like it, every every time someone deals with a tech support call from an old version of something or other, and they don't even remember whether some option was there or not, like. It's it's an unbelievable um, burden yeah. to, to have when you could be spending that on on things that you know are much more likely to be valuable to you. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Those arguments. Yeah, gentlemen, this was fun. I really appreciate your time and and uh, sharing your insights. I thought it was a very uh, good conversation, and uh, and I enjoyed it. Good. Thanks, Edwin. I, I had fun too, and um, I, I want to see the new homepage because. Um, <laughs> We still need help with our meetings, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> there's nothing to stop you from starting to use it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You've got to thrill them first. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again. And uh, I look forward to uh, having a link on my website to your blog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks, guys. All Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Smart Bear Live with Jason Cohen. Be sure to visit Jason's blog at asmartbear.com and follow Jason on Twitter at asmartbear.